Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 40 of Utopia to Me with me, your host, Chris Locke. Hi. Nice to sort of see you again through uh, time and space. Uh, I'm really excited for this episode because it's a special one. I'm I'm doing this intro right now on Canada Day, July 1st. I'm going to try and get the podcast out today to celebrate Canada Day. And it's recorded live. This episode was recorded live in Calgary for the Sled Island Festival with my hilarious guest and good friend, Mark Little. And so it's very Canadiana. <clears throat> and we had so much fun out there. And a huge thanks, uh, before we get started, to our good friend, Evan Wilson, who brought us out to Sled Island to do some stand-up shows that were amazing and great crowds and also do the live podcast, which I'm introducing now, at the Good Luck Bar in Calgary. So if you're in Calgary, go to the Good Luck Bar and uh, have some drinks there. And uh, yeah, it was a blast. Um, one thing I do want to say about the beginning of the podcast was because a, we were tired, wired, and drinking beer, and also uh, I've never done it live in front of an audience before. I think in the first 10 to 15 minutes, I sound insane, and I'm trying to get the the groove going, but it's an hour-long podcast. Me and Mark talk for an hour. He's fine. He's totally pro. He's amazing. But so it sounds insane. <laughs> and uh but for the but for most of the hour we get in a good groove. Mark's uh Utopia to, uh, Utopia is um, like so funny and uh, interesting. And yeah, so I'm putting a little context at the beginning here. When you listen to the first 10 to 12 minutes, don't get discouraged if it sounds like I'm uh, a maniac and I'm uh, I'm trying to figure out the groove of like doing a live podcast in front of a ton of staring people and also trying to navigate being an interviewer at the same time. It was my first live one and I loved it. And I think you guys are going to love it too because once we get going, some incredible, hilarious ideas abound. You get to know Mark very well and we had so much fun. So I want you guys to have fun too now and enjoy episode 40 live in Calgary for the Sled Island Music and Comedy Festival with the hilarious uh, Canadian uh, talent, Mark Little. Here we go. Enjoy. Can you guys hear me okay? My name's Chris Law. Can you hear that? Yeah. Thanks so much for coming. Uh, we're just going to get into it. This is a live uh, podcast of my podcast. Uh, I've never done a live one before, and uh, that's why it's going uh, so smooth off the top. Uh, and direct your eyes to the most poorly lit part of the room. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, I'm, I'm distracted by Action Jackson. Should we keep it on? I mean, probably not. <laughs> yeah. Can we turn Action Jackson off and turn the, uh, the funny on uh, me and Mark Little up? <laughs> um, this is my guest, Mark Little, everybody. Hi, guys. Yeah. Hello. Even though we both live in the same city in uh, Toronto, we've never done the... You haven't done the podcast yet. I think it's important to travel to a new city full of its own comedians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And just bring me on. Yeah. That's good. Um, it's a nice shout-out to Calgary. Yeah. Calgary, what's up? Um, sorry, can't do my podcast right now. Mark's here. But, uh, yeah. Does anyone know about this podcast at all? Not really, right? Okay, here it is. Some it's, of you would. Oh, that's very nice. It's so great. Check it out. It's so great. Yeah, real honor to be here. P.S. Thanks. The real reason you haven't done it is because, oh man, our schedules, am I right? Anyways, uh, if you don't know what Utopia to me is, it, what it is is I interview, it started last August, I think, and I interview other comedians and sometimes artists and writers, 
uh, about what their perfect utopian world would uh, look like to them. And it usually gets pretty uh, stupid because everyone's stupid, you know what I mean? And funny and fun. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to do that with Mark. And first of all, for people that don't know stuff about you, let's just talk about some of the th- real things you've done in real life so far, right? You're well-known in Canada from doing... Uh, yeah, this is how I just dive right into it, okay, guys? Uh, wait, let's get this on recording, too. How are you guys doing this afternoon? All right. How many people here didn't know this was about to interrupt their day? I also said when I said, how are you doing? I saw one person kind of like, I don't know, whatever. I need this. <laughs> yeah, give it. Um, so, yeah, you're from, you got your start on Picnic Face. Are we going to do this? Yeah. Yeah. Because there are going to be people listening later, too. Yeah. Yeah. Picnic, yes. Name all the things. Picnic Face, Mr. D, Stand Up, uh, Variety's Top 10 Comics to Watch. Yes. Uh, you met Steve Martin once at Just for Last. I didn't meet him, but I performed on a show that he was hosting. You didn't meet him? No. Why not? Um, did they keep him separated? Like, did the offspring come and keep him separated? <laughs> that song, actually, that song by the offspring is about Steve Martin meeting younger comedians. Yeah, keep him separated in brackets. The Steve Martin buffer. <laughs> keep him separated from Steve Martin. <laughs> Uh, Why is this song so bluegrass? Steve Martin is only a bluegrass musician now. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. Don't you guys think that's so weird? Where it's like, hey, everyone, Steve Martin's coming to town, but just with his banjo. Yeah. Steve Martin has become a walking, talking Trojan horse for bluegrass music. Hey, come on in, hero from my youth. I bet you didn't expect all of these stringed instruments. Yeah, it literally feels like an attack. It does. Because just for laps hires, I'm like, ooh, fingers crossed he tells three jokes. Yeah. In between his down home mountain <laughs> yarns. Does he even tell jokes? Like he tells that. like one, but they're all like, I wrote this song when I was best joke you've ever heard, four minutes of bluegrass. <laughs> Here's the worst part about not meeting Steve Martin. I got a poster uh, yeah. that my like agent got for me, and then he was like, uh, oh, you want to meet? Here's the leader of Steve Martin's band. <laughs> And I met. Oh, it's classic, man. It's not what I, I met the leader of his band, and he was like, "Man, I liked your set. Would you want to go on tour with us sometime?" And I said, "What the? F- what are you talking about? <laughs> of course I would." Yeah. Touring with Steve Martin, he went, "Oh, no, 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 no. Like just like with the band." <laughs> so many nightmares attached to Steve Martin now. Do you know how hard it is to just ease your way out of that situation? <laughs> You're like, no, I don't want to tour through small town America with a bluegrass band. Hey, do you want to perform for only your dad 50 times? Yeah. Each set ends with you going, thank you so much for your patience. <laughs> now here's the bluegrass. Yeah. That's insane. So they, sec- they sequestered him from the uh, young up-and-comers. Because that was on Just for Laughs. He hosted your, sh- your show, right? Yeah. Gala. When we did a bow, uh, it was 10 comics, and he was on one end, and I was on the very opposite <laughs> end, and I just stared at him. Yeah. I was like, bring me to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There were so many comics in the way. Whitney Cummings was there. Oh, the, yeah. The guy who's like supposed to, the, the one who's bad and Jerry Seinfeld's comedian was there. Oh, uh, Orny Adams. Orny Adams did a real yeah. show with Orny Adams. Met Orny Adams. How was he? 
Like, he's still fully got a career. Yeah. Have you seen Jerry Seinfeld's Comedian? I don't know if anyone's seen it, but, like, <laughs> yeah. he does not come out of that looking like he will still have a career. No. Right? They literally make bad. him look like the ba- antithesis of Jerry. Yeah, he looks yeah. Like, a, like a Ricky Gervais character. And then at the end, but yeah. then, like, you just go to Just for Laughs, and he's there, and everyone's like, great set, Arnie. And you're like, oh, I see. Nothing matters. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, movies are fake no matter what. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so ju- you've done Just for Laughs a million times. Uh, what else? What else do you want to talk about? Oh, Space Riders. You guys watch Space Riders? <laughs> Some of you. <laughs> I'm not going to ask the uh, bar uh, what they know about us anymore. But uh, <laughs> Space Riders, yeah. I got, I got two cool web series, guys. These are yeah. the last things I'll talk about. Sure. About me. No problem. One is Space Riders and one is called Dad Drives. And I do them both with oh, a yeah. very cool Dan Byrne. And they're mm. good. There you can find them online. One yeah. of them, Space Riders, is buried on the CTV Extend website. <laughs> CTV's noble attempt to literally compete mm-hmm. with YouTube, in their words. <laughs> good work, which is CTV. always a good idea. Yeah. Not even on CTV.ca. CTV Extend. Yeah. Ten years after YouTube, too. Yeah. Yep. And then Dad Drives is on YouTube, so you can find that one a bit easier. You what? You can find it. <laughs> yeah. YouTube. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is going well. <laughs> Hey, this is not like a comedy show. This is just like us hanging out in front of uh, strangers that want to kill us. <laughs> this is what it sort of feels like. Lock the gates! <laughs> President Obama is on today! Okay, do you guys watch the read? Okay, anyways. <laughs> no one gets that? Yay! All right. Ladies and gentlemen. By the way, you guys Mr. Can't... Footnote. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's here. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what, what did you say, He's sir? Captain Footnote. He just footnoted my mention about him being a footnote. Captain Footnote. Yeah, named after that evil pirate from the uh, 17th century. Yeah, killed a lot of people. Nice. No, um, get foot. <laughs> yeah. Fix wood. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's funny. It's a nightmare. These guys don't get it, but that's fucking funny. Note, get foot on next <laughs> island. Captain Footnote. All right, guys. <laughs> Have you thought about any idea yet about what your perfect utopian world would be like? Besides, I, this is obviously it, but other than this, what would it be? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely a big part of it is <laughs> trying to do comedy in the corner of a dark bar during the daytime. <laughs> I, <laughs> on a wooden table. I literally feel like I'm waiting for fish and chips. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm just so oh. dreading, like, even before this, I'm going to go pee for the first time. Mm-hmm. Ugh. A podcast where someone has to go to the bathroom in the middle? It's That's happened me. Before. Um, do you guys want to know... A, uh, yeah, Brent Butt had to go pee during this podcast when he did it. And that's, he's huge. And you can meet him. <laughs> and he hasn't resorted back to playing bluegrass after all his success. You're telling me... <laughs> <laughs> that eight seasons of the most successful show in Canadian history doesn't protect you from having to go pee? <laughs> no. But we did drink a few beers, yeah. Cool. But yeah, cool. we stopped it to pee. I think we kept it in there, too. I think I recorded his pee. Listen to that episode, everybody. And you can hear Brent Butts pee. It's the closest thing you'll get to getting a signed autograph. It's just the sound of his pee in your ears, in your earbuds when you use an elliptical machine. Hey, have you met Brent Butt? Mm, sort of. <laughs> yeah, I've listened to his pee trickle through my earlobes. Hmm. Have you thought about it? Yeah, a little bit. I jotted down some ideas. Give it to me. They're all so crazy. Good. 
Okay. But not crazy in a fun way. Yeah. Just but, crazy in the fact that there was such a clear thread. Like, all of them were... They could essentially have been filed under the subhead, please like me more. Like in your utopian world? My utopian world is just everyone being nicer to me. <laughs> <laughs> that's it? Case closed? Are we done? No, there's details to that. Yeah? Like that's how? Like, that's the headline. But do you think everyone's cruel to you? No, but Everyone I... came here today to see you. They love you. What are you talking about? Yeah, everyone <laughs> is here for that. Your utopian world was in front of you all along, Dorothy. Chris, in editing, can you take that one person who clapped and make it sound like more? <laughs> Damn it. I'm editing that part out. Um, yeah. So, like, what are you talking about? Like, what? Um, so, like, um, how... in my utopian world, everyone yeah. is so nice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Nice people. They're Rural. nice people. And no one's too sensitive, especially not me. Hey, take it easy. All right. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I'm so cool if anyone says something, like, a bit passive-aggressive. Right. I just get that it's not about me, it's about them. <laughs> but if you've realized that now in real life, how come you can't put that into action now? I don't know. <laughs> That's what I need from the utopian world. Yeah, I know. Same here. Jesus Christ. I need to be able... In the utopian world, we can all transfer information from our logical brain into our hearts. And we yeah. just feel the right way. That's yeah. the utopian part. Wait, our hearts do the thinking? Well, like the heart part of our brain. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's not a part in our heart that does real thinking? It's all coming from the brain? I don't know. Is the heart, like, lying to us? <laughs> follow your heart means follow the heart part of your brain? Yeah, follow your heart means, like... They should put that on a, a Valentine's Day candies. Follow the heart part of your brain. Yeah, and then kids will be like, nah, I don't want them, thanks. <laughs> yeah, they're like, ew, brains. <laughs> I, yeah. think, I think Taylor likes me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think the hard part is my brain. Yeah. I think it's just like, don't fall. Yeah, just don't follow the neurotic part. So there's no, you know, I don't know. It just really, so anyway. Maybe in your utopian world, there's an operation that doctors do to take out neuroses of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Except for the neurosis that's like good, that like makes you want to be a better person. So somehow you've got to juggle those. That's so complicated. You refine, doctors in the utopia have refined Mm. the uh, neurotic gland yeah <laughs> which is a real gland yeah and uh and it only it's a gland that's like shaking and shivering all the time yeah yeah and it's like a plinko piece but it only plinks <laughs> over to like the positive side where it's like you could work harder on your art or like uh yeah. you could like uh you know try and be a better person to your friends and you could call your parents more that part exists but then it doesn't drip over to the like uh Everyone hates you, man. But, but the Plinko piece that goes to the you can work harder on your art part is the working... You should work harder on your art is the... Like, it starts the neuroses about when you think people are being passive-aggressive towards you. It's That's in the same realm. so complicated, I know. Oh, you my gotta, God. You know the, what? We need to sink a spaceship and t- inject it into us and go and find these parts in our brain because it's delicate. Yeah, we got to sink a spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, shrink. Did I say sink? Oh, wait, I don't know what you said. I was thinking of Captain Footnote and how he sank a ship full of feet. That's Captain, great stuff. Uh, terrible stuff. Captain <laughs> Thanks, Foot- Captain, Captain Footnote. Comedy gold. Only he likes the shout-out. Comedy gold, like a pirate. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm just picturing if all the footnotes in a David Foster Wallace novel were just someone saying, great stuff, Dave. Good prose so far. No, they're with you. They're with you. But we're not into the book until we read the footnote. Like, okay, okay. Like, we get it. 
Yeah. Here's the thing is like I know that all of the neurotic stuff is like a yin yang and I just want a, somehow a world where you can just take tweezers and pluck like the white part out of the black swoosh and just and just put it all in the white part and all the black part in the black part and then it's easy. You know, yeah. it's like a clear separation between the stuff that's good. And so the are stuff there like a bad. bunch of little yin yangs that you need to dissect and put into a bigger yin yang or do you just want one main yin yang white part? Yeah. Yeah, in this world, we all worship the idea of just <laughs> light and dark being so easily separated. And if someone's a villain, they're like, I know. <laughs> yeah. You got to get rid of me. I'm the bad one. You're like, oh, this is so easy. Wait, would that really be true in your utopian world? Villains yeah. would be like, yes, there is no complex complexity to me. I'm a villain. Piece. You'd be like, what's your motivation, villain? And they'd be like, I just want to see people hurt. Yeah. And then you'd be like, well, get out of here. And they'd be like, fair enough. <laughs> yeah. No, they'd be like, no. <laughs> yeah, because like, they're villains. All right, then we'll have to get you out of here. Yeah. And then you, they, you send them to prison and they come out and they're so much better. If you kill a villain, are you a villain? Uh, in, in, the, uh, in the utopia? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> you can't do it. Damn it. So you what do you have to You have to like peacefully negotiate with the villain to stay uh, in the white zone of the yin-yang? Rehabilitation in the utopia is so effective. It's 100% effective. Oh, good. Is someone's bad? Yeah. Like, for some reason, you can still be born quite bad yeah. in the utopia. But if someone's bad, oh, it's so easy for them to get good. <laughs> when, do, when do the doctors and parents know that they're bad? Like, right away? Are they born like, fuck you? Yeah. You know what I mean? They come out of the womb and like, they give a middle finger to the doctor. <laughs> they and steal the doctor's the, like, oh. They steal the doctor's wedding ring? <laughs> yeah. They throw it inside. The but with yeah, right. <laughs> they throw it inside their mom. Go and find it, bitch. Yeah, to the doc. Oh, whatever. Yeah. Anyway. The, the baby just puts it on its own finger and says, "She's my wife now." <laughs> yeah, and then it becomes his wife in your utopian world. Yeah. And by the way, you just have to rehabilitate the baby in your utopian world. Doctors have to be careful that the baby they give, they help give birth to, don't steal their wives. I love that. He goes home like, get the fuck out of here. And the baby's in the bed with his wife like, nah, man. Yeah. And he's like waving the wedding ring on his finger. Nah, man, he, he blew it. But the doctor's also able to say to his wife or the, or the doctor's able to say to her husband like, uh, just give it a couple weeks. This baby's getting rehab. Then we'll be back to normal. Yeah. And the wife's like, a couple weeks? All right. Yeah. And then she lives with the baby for a couple weeks. But it's a healthy relationship. <laughs> yeah. And she makes him bacon and eggs every morning. He's like, I can't eat this yet, man. (laughs) (laughs) Send me back to the milk. (laughs) Send me back to the milk. Yeah. In my utopia, there's no... You you can eat whatever you want. So babies could eat bacon and eggs. Can they? Here's a huge part of my utopia. Can I eat chips? Yeah. And and it's like... And people will say to you like, "Um, you've been eating a lot of chips lately. Mm -hmm. Keep it up. Wow. (laughs) That's amazing. Yeah. They don't this mind. is getting closer and closer to my utopia. Yeah. Your utopia is just everyone surfs on chips and eats chips. <laughs> yeah, I know. Surfs on them? Yeah. Uh, here's a huge part of my utopia. You can eat meat, yeah. and not only does it not... Uh, like the an- like, so you, If you cut meat off an animal, it just grows that meat back. And it doesn't hurt. Like, if you cut meat off a pig, because, like, we all know meat tastes really good, but it's a real, it's a real hard bargain, right? It's a hard bargain to be like, oh, it tastes so good to, like, mm-hmm. maybe be on the wrong side of history. You know what I mean? Right. But if you cut bacon off a pig, 
it it's like it's like you're petting it, and the pig's like, mm, you know, yeah. So the pig loves it. They're lining up for it. Mm-hmm. So you get all the good meat, but the animals love it. Yeah, like you're tickling them when you get the meat. Yeah, it's like a nice tickle or a pet. Nice, I yeah. like that. So when you're cutting a cow in half, it's like, <laughs> yeah. Like the cow thinks to itself, oh, this will be a fun journey being two things until I regrow into one. <laughs> yeah. But for the cow, it's like an opportunity. Right. In your utopia, it's not about the end result. It's about the journey for everyone, everything. And everyone gets that. Yeah. Like the babies being born, the criminal babies are like, eh, I'll steal your ring now, but it's about the journey. Yeah. They're like, uh, I'm going to enjoy being bad for a bit because I know I'm going to be good ones one day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that's a journey. That's I the enjoy. journey. That's very nice. Yeah. Um... What kind of chips do you like? <laughs> For those listening at home, I'm not taking notes. <laughs> In real world, chips? Yeah, but then, you know, transport them to your utopian world. I feel like I don't like any chips over a long period of time. Oh, you need to switch it up all the time, eh? Yeah. They got new Ruffles poutine or news. Are you going to try those? That sounds so gross to me. <laughs> I know. I ate them. How did, how did you feel? <laughs> so sick. Yeah. I, I don't want anything to do with a poutine. Yeah. Oh, like the actual poutine too? Anything to do with any of it. Wow. What you happened? Know? I don't know. No, tell us. It's were just... in Montreal and... Yeah, and I ordered a poutine and they were like, get out of my province. <laughs> oh my God. I ordered a poutine and they were like, you're not a comedian. <laughs> Really? Yeah, they just stuck it to my like. Did Steve fears. Martin eat a poutine like in front of you? Yeah. Gonna, yeah, and I tried to say hi, and just the bluegrass band was in between us, and they're like, "Want to eat a poutine with us, man?" She's gone. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's hard with real people here. I'm really distracted. I know. What else is uh, in your utopian world? How? What's the environment like? Because I know you're a Canadian boy. You've lived in Vancouver, Toronto, Halifax. Uh, you've traveled all over. Do you love the Canadian environment? You want to keep it like that? Or do you want to keep it like the world? Have all these different like deserts, islands, tundras, jungles? Or do you want just like one perfect... Is there a perfect environment that you like to live in? No, every, there's so much variety. You want variety still? Yeah. How big is the world? How big is the population? Oh, it's like... Are you going to kill a bunch of people right now? <laughs> Six million will die. <laughs> now to choose the race. Yeah. Uh, um, no, everyone, everyone's around. Yeah. And there's more. Not, and it's what? so neat. There's more than there are now? Yeah, and you can, like, um, you can be a different race for a bit. Oh, I'd love that. But not in like a real way, like in that woman who tricked everyone way. <laughs> what was her name? Like Rachel. You can, just, you can just perm your hair and they'll just get with it for a bit. What was her name? Rachel something? Rachel Dalazal? Is that right? Yeah. Dalazal? Was it? Yeah. Yeah, Dalazal. Uh, Dalazal. Rachel, if you're listening, what the hell, man? <laughs> yeah, so, so you can switch race for a bit, eh? I love that. Yeah, you can like... And then yeah. be a different thing. So everyone's kind of everything and nothing. And you get to really, like, groove out with that. Yeah. Yeah. And there's no bad history between okay. us. I was just, like, thinking of a million things I can't say right now. But a lot of it had to do with cops in America. Yeah. Yeah. There's uh, cops, yeah. but there's... Okay, the few chuckles get... All right. There's only horse cops. Oh, I love that. 
But do they have... Uh, oh, oh, I see what you're saying. Cops on horses. I pictured cop, or like horses with cop uniforms and man faces. Yeah. Yeah, I would like that. Yeah, they're all men. They're all horses. men or women, but they have. But they're on their faces are on horses. They're not necks. centaurs. They've only got a face. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like it's a full horse, you could ride it, but it's got a fucking weirdo's face. And everyone's like, "Hey, do you want to ride a horse?" And everyone's like, "No, thanks." Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, and then they're like, "You're under arrest, then." Because yeah, they're cops. They're cops the whole time. Yeah. But they're just like you know how horse cops just really just seem like they're around for goodwill. Yeah, it's like cute. It's like going to the fair or something. Yeah, it feels like they're just there to mitigate all of the stuff that other cops cause. Yeah. Like you get like, oh, I fucking hate cops. And then you yeah. see a cop on a horse and you're like, not all of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> not that one. Like, shouldn't this cop be giving me cotton candy right now? Yeah. yeah. And they're always like, yeah, you can pet it. Like, that's every time. <laughs> yeah, you every- can pet my gun. <laughs> <laughs> That's all they're talking about? You start petting the horse, and they're like, no, no. Ah, never mind. Yeah, yeah. No, this. Yeah, yeah. Pet this. So there's horse cops everywhere, but they're nice. There's no history, uh, bad history between races, especially since everyone can switch races whenever they want, so they have that empathy and understanding. That's very nice. Yeah. Like, it's a real, like, good vibe. Yeah. Yeah. And the the horses with the people faces don't wig anybody out. I mean, I guess they. Is there other like half breed animal things? Yeah, let's do it, right? Yeah, hybrids for sure. Like there's what? There's fawns. Yeah, like there's fawn fawn boys. Fawn is like Newt from Hercules, right? Yeah, 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 like, yeah I like, like him. Little, little goat legs and then like yeah. man bodies playing a flute. Yeah, and um, is the flute half flute half man too? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's half flute half man. Like half of it is like, and the other half is like, oh. <laughs> Those are the only people who feel pain. <laughs> the half flute, half bed. I love that. Yeah, because playing their bodies is like touching their raw nerves. Yeah, they hate it. But we've all just accepted that that's the one species we're allowed to hurt. <laughs> and the half flute, half men don't have any neuroses about if you like them or not. They just enjoy the pain and take it and make flute noises. Well, they just feel the pain and then they go home at night and they're like, oh, hard day again. Like, they don't hold any grudges. Yeah, they hang up their hats. They wear hats the whole time. Yeah. They're like, hard day. They hang up like a million hats. Yeah, they wear little hats on their spit valves. <laughs> That's very nice. I like this utopia. It's very uh, psychedelic. Yeah. And there's a lot of people. So you said there's more people on this world than there are on ours now. Is it bigger then to sustain them? Or is it like ours now and we're all freaking out about water and <laughs> lettuce and everything else? In my utopia, the lettuce concerns remain. <laughs> I'm glad they laughed at your version of that. Good. Um, yeah, I'm what else? Captain Footnote now. I know. I love it. What else? Yeah, man. I mean, everyone's cool. It's like a really long... Like, part of the world is that space is not an obstacle. You know? Right. So it's like the world is the world... But then also, you can like build on the world, and you can just get to space, and that's not too hard. And you can go to the sun, and scientists will be like, don't go to the sun. It'll be, nah, just kidding. You can go to the sun. You, you can know, go like, to the sun? Are you talking to me? You can go to the sun? You can go to the sun. And hang out on the sun. You can hang out on the sun for sure. And just blow half flute, half men until they go insane? <laughs> that sounds crazy. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Why can you go to the sun? Like, you don't get burned. How if come? you want, What's the you science can go of this to the universe? sun and blow half men, half flutes <laughs> until they go insane. 
And then, I, I'm helping you create this world, don't you feel? I, yeah, I'm glad that you are. I mean, I don't know. I started out with, everyone is nice to me. And now it's a bit more developed. Yeah, you could go to the sun. Like there's tourist trips to the sun. Like, yeah, but like, it's not like, ugh, there's a lot of tourists here. <laughs> right. Everyone's it's like, hey, Marty. It's like that. Yeah. Like if you see other people there, you're just like into it. Yeah. Yeah. That would be my dad's nice. utopia is getting to go on vacation without any tourists anywhere. Really? He like, just wants to be the main guy, eh? Oh, yeah. My dad's number Like, does one he want to walk around, like, the Grand Canyon by himself and just eat grapes? Yeah. Like, my dad could go to, like, the Mall of America and be like, oh, a lot of tourists here. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Oh, more than I expected. Why? What's, this, what's going on there? My dad just wants to... He just wants to see things... And experience solitude at the same time. <laughs> yeah. I think that's pretty universal. Like, he would love it if he was able to, like, go to the Grand Canyon and then um, the only other person there was, like, the dog. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And then he could be like, what do you think of the canyon? My dog wouldn't be able to respond and he'd be like, perfect. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Alone with my thoughts again. Yeah. You know? So he's a real solitary man. He loves solitude. Does he meditate? No. Okay. <laughs> but he's, he's in BC still, right? Yep. Does he hike mountains and stuff? Yep. By himself? With the dog. Really? Yeah. Does he yodel? Uh, no. Does anyone in BC yodel? Oh, man, only the Swiss, bro. Uh, I didn't know. I don't... Is that what it is, or is it Swiss? Do you have that solitary solitude in you? It doesn't seem like it. You want to pack this utopian world with even more people. That's a good point. But there, are there ever times when you're like... Get away from me? Oh, that's like 90% of the time for sure. Then what are you talking about? I don't know. I guess I didn't consider that. Right. I don't want to... Well, like... this is your utopian world. Here's the thing that happens with some people that come on this thing sometimes they don't understand is you can make it exactly how you want it without considering anyone else, even if we're in a bar and people are watching us. But if there's other people... like I want this guy to die <laughs> and this guy to die. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. No, but I think... So can I... But I want to have it both ways. So maybe... Let me put this to you. Maybe you have this big, busy, fun planet where everything's nice and there's no neuroses. And then you have almost like a planet for just you. Oh, shit. Yeah. The moon is mine. The moon! The moon is only for me. But the moon is better. That's that's what I'm talking about. So why is the moon better? And it's just you up there. Think about that. The moon has all the things you expect from a moon. But there's also like, <laughs> there's also like, for sure, there's like, chicks. There's a there's a basketball court up there. Yeah, and so many so many basketballs. Oh yeah, you love um, basketball, and I can palm them all. Yeah, with ease to the point that if I yeah. ever invited someone uh, to watch me play basketball, they'd all be like, "Whoa, you're the yeah. best! Why don't you do this professionally?" And I'd get to yeah. go. I'm at, Get off the moon. I don't need to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. for sure. With the, is there gravity or no gravity? Because are you just like floating past the net, or are you actually hitting the net? There's gra- So I've got an indoor court where there's no, uh, where there's uh, like normal gravity. Yeah. And uh, and there I can just like, because there I can dunk without having to think. Oh, but it's just because I can float. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. I don't want that. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. then there's also outdoors where I can just bounce around. And then yeah. I, there's like a concert stage where I can invite, ba- invite bands that I like. For just you? For just me. Okay. Or if I wanted to bring friends to the moon, but I don't have to. And right. all of these bands, the nice thing is that no one will be able to say, oh, that's not a cool band anymore. <laughs> yeah. I mean? Like it'll right. just be a parade of early 90s CanCon bands. Oh my God. And no, one, you... no one will be able to say, um, you invited I, Mother Earth to the moon. Oh my God. Wait, listen to this. 
He was trying to tell me last night, okay, we're at Sled Island. There's a million cool bands here right now, right? Guess, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Guess who? No, don't. What is this? Ah, come on. But this is what you're saying. In my utopia, this conversation never happened. <laughs> but wouldn't they come and play at the moon for you? Who are we talking about? Just finish it. Nada Surf. Oh, I love Nada Surf. Does anyone even know? Yeah. Oh, okay. They have that one to, song. I Sing the song. To, they, they have that popular song. I'm which, popular. Which I like that song. The verse is just people talking. Okay. It came out at the same time as uh, the sweater song by Weezer. There was a lot of talking <laughs> verses. There was a lot of just wild, wild sound at a white party <laughs> songs in the early 90s. Yeah. But, uh, but then they made good albums after that. That's what blows my mind, man. I think they did. So Not A Surf was playing just for you on this moon. Yeah. And all the hits from their later albums, which no one else knows about in the real world. <laughs> not but A Surf. But mostly it would just be like Weezer, mm. and, then, and then I would be like, yo, play the first two albums, and then they'd play them, and then I'd look around, yeah. and no one else would be there, and I'd be like, yo, play some stuff from Hurley, you know? Because <laughs> no one could say shit to me. <laughs> Hurley's fine on the moon. Yeah. Everything is fine. Yeah. I've heard you uh, break down with other people all the good and bad songs uh, from Weezer's, like... Most recent album. Most recent albums, right? Didn't you, like, even give them, like, all the... Even the ones that people say are the worst, you gave them a chance, right? Yeah, I tried to. I mean, James Hartnett. James Hartnett, <laughs> James Hartnett yeah. the king of... Who's been on this show, yeah. Um, but, yeah. I mean, in my utopia, no one ever gave Pinkerton a bad review... So Rivers Cuomo never went insane with self-consciousness. And then he just kept making albums along that trajectory that were debate. And then, but he was also like, maybe I'm going to talk about Japanese girls less. <laughs> right? He turned down that dial. Yeah. But all of his creative impulses just flowed unabated. And we got to see pure Rivers. But don't you think like half of the... Yeah, I know he went insane and tried to make perfect pop songs after that. But the guy, that one guy, I don't know Weezer as well as you, but that one guy left the band to start the rentals. And people also uh, hypothesized that he was an anchor in the real good stuff on the first two albums, too. Yeah, he was like so, a cool one. Do you Check think in. if Rivers didn't have a neurotic freakout about his songwriting, uh, it, that would have just been fine? Or do you think they needed that guy in the band, too? Who knows? That guy was a lot of fun. He was the one who did all the like, whoop, there you, know, you go. Every time you had a Weezer song, you're like, who's that man impersonating a slide whistle? <laughs> Did he really do that with his mouth? Yeah, he would do all the like silly things on the first two albums. Yeah. Like El Scorcho was just full of him being like, right? With his mouth? Yeah, a lot mostly. He was a goof. <laughs> Did he play an instrument? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he played the um, Is he Bobby McFerrin mouth? Yeah, he was Bobby McFerrin. <laughs> uh, he left Weezer to do uh, Don't Worry, Be Happy. Right? When I grew up, my favorite, when I was growing up, my favorite album was a, a it was an album of Bobby McFerrin and Yo-Yo Ma collaborations. <laughs> I loved it. They did a cover of that like Hush Little Jello Baby songs. song. Did Bobby McFerrin use his mouth all over it? Uh, yeah, well, he would just like go like, right? And yeah, then he would which like, any of us can do. He would sing everything in a really fun way. And then Yo Yo Ma, I think, has yeah. always been the happy man's cellist. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's the cellist for kids. I he have has... a Yo Yo Ma album. Do you? Yes, I do. Yeah. He's got a good name for it, too. Like, a kid loves to say Yo Yo Ma. Oh, yeah, big time. Yo kid... Yo Ma. Yeah. Sunny D. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that commercial. <laughs> yeah. Yo, yo, ma, the purple stuff. Okay, so you got your planet. 
and it's full of people acting very nice. And uh, but here's, can I say this about the acting very nice? You can also be so catty, but then yeah. it's cool. Yeah, because you don't have that neurotic part that makes you think, oh, is this about me? Yeah, right? like you can be like, uh, you can really be ripping on your friend Brent. Yeah. But then, like, if Brent walks up, Brent will be like, are you guys talking about me? And then you'll just be like, yeah, Brent, we were. And then he could be like, nah. <laughs> like, everyone's cool. You can still experience the joy of being catty about something. Okay, how about this? On the uh, flip side of that, do people have a guilt complex about talking about Brent? No. Wow, that's huge. You can go full cat. That is huge. Full cat. Yeah. Yeah. That's what the name of this planet should be called. Full cat. (laughs) Yeah. And here's the irony. Every cat is always hungry. (laughs) (laughs) So they need you. Yeah. They come around. Oh, the cats are still hungry. Yeah. But we just go full cat when we talk about Brent. (laughs) Sorry. Explain that again. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Go back to your own planet. What's your moon called? Um, It's just called... It's called the moon. That's it? It's not called Mark's moon? Mark's little moon? No. No, man. Okay. Because in, in, my, in my utopia, I don't need that kind of recognition. Yeah. In my utopia, I'm, I don't care. Wow. I'm so cool in my utopia. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I'm like Jesus if he didn't throw the guys out of the temple. Like, I'm every other part of Jesus. Yeah. Like, I don't even feel it. I'm, I, like, wish they wouldn't be <laughs> selling the stuff in the temple, I guess. Is that bad? I don't quite know that part of the story. But I'm the Jesus who can turn the other cheek for sure. Yeah. That's like, everyone's so nice, but I'm a bit nicer. You heard it? <laughs> and everyone's like, wow, you're a bit better than all of us. I'm really glad that anyone who ever listens to this podcast for the rest of the world will know that Mark Little called himself Cool Jesus. <laughs> cool future Jesus. I'm cool Jesus, that's all. Jeez. But yeah, so everybody on the planet uh, Full Cat knows, oh, it's just the moon. But deep down in their head, they're not saying it. It's Mark's moon. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they still know. Like, if they go there, they'll see you playing basketball by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll invite them into my <laughs> private court like George Clooney does. Oh, does he do that? Yeah. Very nice of him. I once went on a hike in L.A. with a friend, and we passed this, like, uh, fence where we could hear a ball bouncing and men's voices. And he was like, that's George Clooney's house. He has private basketball games. Are you serious? Yeah. George, you heard George Clooney play basketball. Dunk, I heard him dunk and scream out, Syriana! <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. That's not true. But that's true. I heard him bouncing a ball with uh, who knows who. The Baldwins. Only all four Baldwins. <laughs> it's just him and Brad Pitt, and Brad Pitt's eating a sandwich, half playing basketball, half Talking eating. on the phone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, George, I gotta go. Okay, what else do we got? What about government? Is there any kind of government overlooking all these people on full cat? Yeah. Or are you the government? Yeah, there's a government. I don't need that responsibility. Okay, what are they like? They're so nice. <laughs> this is the nicest place. This place is really nice. But, they, but occasionally they get catty. Um, yeah, but everybody, but, but everybody understands you that. You don't want that? You don't want the government to get catty? Is it? Is it? Is it? Is it? Captain Footnote, are you drunk? Oh, no. What is it? Wait, what's the pun we missed? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I think cat, but that's, full cat came out of cat. Yeah, full cat means we go full catty on the planet. Captain Footnote, you're nuts. Can you make me some fish and chips in the kitchen? Thank you. Uh, I if that's in that same David Foster Wallace novel, if one of the footnotes is like, wait, sorry, man, what do you mean by that? <laughs> Album. It's 
just book. A, did I say album? Yeah. Oh, Don't that'd worry be about good. it. Book on tape. <laughs> Skip to chapter what? 4,000 for the footnote. Could you imagine if you bought a, a huge epic book on tape if you bought and a people tape. were heckling it like in the audio? If you bought a David Foster Wallace audiobook and your computer would be like, not enough space. <laughs> Hard drive full. Yeah, of also, shit. Also, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's not as good as they say. People um, who enjoyed this title also enjoyed sadness. <laughs> <laughs> Depth of experience. Learning how to be alone. Uh, Could you imagine you were listening to a book on tape, though, and halfway through there's other voices going like, Come on! (laughs) Give me a break! You know what I mean? (laughs) Oh, I want to write that book now. There you go. That's a good one. (laughs) We should release audiobooks that have, like, audio commentary from us listening to the audiobook. Yeah. Okay? Good night, everybody. I like that. Yeah. Okay, so Full Cat's got a cool government. An audiobook where there's also director's commentary, so it's just talking on top of talking. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. So it was a night just like tonight. It was a night just like tonight. <laughs> Remember my editor said I should make it a different kind of night. No, I didn't. Editor's commentary. The whole director's commentary of Moby Dick is like, yeah, I know whales don't eat people for real, but come on. <laughs> Oh, I mean, uh, I've been dead for a while. Yeah, keep listening. <laughs> oh, my secret is out. <laughs> remember, Mel- remember Melville, how he's alive? Yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the audio reading of Moby Dick. I am Herman Melville's great, 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 great grandson. Here we go. Be careful. Uh, before we get into my great, 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 great grandfather's book, uh, let me just say that I have an author, too. <laughs> And I'm writing a book called Moby, Bo- Moby Dick Returns. Bram Stoker's A Relative Made a Dracula book like, like a few years ago, like 10 years ago. Yeah, does anyone know that? Graham Stoker? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it was just Brad Stoker. <laughs> Brad Stoker. It was called Dracula because there was more Dracula. But that's true. Uh, that's true. Look it up. Bram Stoker's great, great, great grandson was like, "Yeah, watch this. <laughs> More Drax. <laughs> yeah, really bad." You know what people can't get enough of? Uh, the epistolary novel. I people want a novel that takes place in boring letters again. You guys ever tried to read Dracula? Not a fun ride. Neither is Frankenstein. Jesus. I'm gonna write a book called More Musketeers. <laughs> Frankenstein's just a bit fun because you just see, like, in all of the movie depictions, he's such an idiot, right? But then in the book, he's, like, kind of got cogent thoughts. He's like the one in Penny Dreadful. You guys watch Penny Dreadful? Oh, I had to stop watching that. I'm addicted to it. In my utopia, you're not. (laughs) It still exists, though. I have a feeling that I will be fine with that. It still exists, but I'm like, eh. It it exists, but... Uh Uh-oh. Oh, no. A man with a camera. <laughs> I found this camera in the past. <laughs> it's Bra- <laughs> it's Bram Stoker's great 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 grandson. Uh, My great 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 grandfather <clears throat> was John Nikon. What <laughs> <laughs> oh, didn't happen that long ago? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the guy who, yeah, he was like the great grandfather of the guy that invented Nikon. <laughs> What? The great-great-great-grandfather was still the great-grandfather of the guy that invented Nikon camera. It's not even him. (laughs) One day, my... Oops, I went a couple great-grandfathers too far back. (laughs) 
I might not seem like much. But wait till my great grandson rolls up. I have a feeling he'll have something up his sleeve. I invented I invented using licorice as a straw. Not as good, but just wait a couple generations. You know how I keep staring at you? In the future, my great grandson will make a way to make that last longer. <laughs> Yeah, he literally invented something to justify his perv great-grandfather. In our version... His great-great-great-great-great-grandfather was the guy who said, take a picture and it'll last longer. But but I was was like, what do you mean? (laughs) You'll see. In our version, the last name Nikon is so white. (laughs) What? Like, Nikon is such a clearly Japanese last name. Oh, Yeah. Well, we can't do Japanese voices on this uh, global podcast. In my utopia, we can. Whoa, and no one... That's going full cat. Yeah. Nobody cares. Because there's no bad history. So doing it doesn't make people people go like, the wars. Well, in your utopia, we could go like, and become Japanese, do the impression, and then snap back. (laughs) That's fucking terrible. There's a hit song called, I've Completed Turning Japanese. (laughs) I've turned, and I turned back. <laughs> I'm turning Japanese just like all of you can. That's how the song goes. Yeah. yeah. And everyone's <laughs> like, I like this song. I think I'm turning Japanese, which is no big deal. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah, it's just a song about how anyone... <laughs> everyone's like, this song's really universal. Reminds me of the first time I turned Japanese. Anyway, my son's marrying a wonderful woman. <laughs> yeah. speech. Interesting. I really like that. What's yeah. the... Uh, okay, we covered a lot of stuff. Is there any topics you guys want to know about as Utopia? I've never done this before with people here. We could get... Anyone? Oh, You know right. what? You know what? Al Jolson is like... Wait, let me repeat it. He's asked as Al Jolson a hero. Yeah. yeah. Well, here's the thing. Because in the Utopia, you can just turn full black if you want to. But Al Jolson chose to just like paint his face. So in my Utopia, everyone's like, what an absurd choice. <laughs> Everyone just thinks it's a pretty weird choice. Yeah. yeah. And then he had to get rehabilitated for a while after that. Uh, <laughs> oh, they still don't like it. What an absurd yeah. choice. Lock him up. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, Al- yeah, I mean, everyone would mostly just focus on his piano playing, I think. <laughs> I mean, that's a nice deal. But they heckle him while he's playing the piano. They're like, just turn black for real. Yeah. yeah. And he'd be like, I'm scared. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. There's probably people in your utopia that are scared to turn to a different race for a sec. Like, they're virgins of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like a real rite of passage. Yeah. Like, you feel like a real man after you've turned. <laughs> Become a different race for a sec. Yeah, my, in my or utopia, woman. you know how some people go through their whole life without skydiving, but they kind of talk See about it. Guys. <laughs> uh, in my Sorry. utopia, you—it's that's like turning another race. It's like some people yeah. just don't do it enough. Like there's Mountain Dew commercials where you chug a Mountain Dew and then turn another race, <laughs> and then skydive. jump off a cliff like, yeah. like yeah, Chinese skydive. Yeah, yeah, like it's kind of extreme. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, how extreme do you get? In my utopia, you can get pretty extreme. <laughs> Give me more examples, please. Like, you can pump up your shoes and they stay pumped. Oh, Reebok can get more extreme in your utopia. Yeah. 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 What about relationships? Are they monogamous? They're so extreme. Are they crazy? Are they extreme? Yeah. Relationships are monogamous, but, like, you're not even tempted. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> yes, I do. Like that one chip in your that one chip in your brain that goes, "There's a stranger, babe." That doesn't yeah. even exist. Your brain right. all the time is like, "I'm so in love with only one person forever," and you're so into. And there's it. not a small part in that dissected yin yang brain that's like, "This is boring." Like, no, you know, that you tries to tempt you. You don't get that. No, no, no. It's monogamy is so easy. Mm-hmm. And uh, and people in open relationships are able to say, oh, you know what, <laughs> this actually isn't for me. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants monogamy because it's so nice. Well, can I tell you a funny thing? And in, in uh, hold on, let me just check. Okay, we're good. Um, uh, you know, last year I did a show in Halifax at the Company House that Paul and Everardo put together. Sorry, guys. Shout out to Paul and Everardo in Halifax. And yeah, stop referencing people who are more famous than us. <laughs> and then uh, we went to the, one of those weird bars that's like just a house, but like you need to get it, like have a code to go in. It's really cool. And I'm hanging out, wasted, and uh, this girl's like, because uh, I tell some jokes in my stand up guys about being married, and she was like, Beam, you and your wife, are you guys in a uh, monogamous or are you in an open relationship, right? And I was like, Ugh. I was like, yeah, we're monogamous. Why? And she's like, I'm in a, me and my husband are in an open relationship. And then I was like, and how's that going? And she waited a beat and went, not good. <laughs> I'm serious. And ever since then, I was like, oh, give me a break. <laughs> you know what I mean? I like, some, like such a f- small number of people make it work. I'm very proud of them. Yeah, right. But it really does seem the major- majority of the ones yeah. that I see are just like, yeah, man, we're making it work. I mean, she's had an on-the-side boyfriend for a year yeah. who's fully in love with her, and I'm, like, sad all the time. Yeah. But it's working. Yeah. Like, there's always a power imbalance. It's so yeah. hard. But I'm always there doing the dishes, taking care of the cats. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she needs that. someone else. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's, like, you, most of them are sad. So you, I like that. You do think that monogamy is more valuable than being a Lucy Goose. I feel like in, our, in most of our hearts, we, we really like the idea of monogamy. And that's probably in part because it was sold to us from such a young age as so beautiful. Right. But maybe, the, I don't want to say there's something innate about it, but maybe the mm-hmm. idea of one person with one person just like in love forever, floating away on that, needing only each other is like yeah. so great. You yeah. want that. By the way, for you guys listening, uh, Mark is in love. I know that for a fact. <laughs> cool. <laughs> um, but also, what do you think, like, we also, in our real world, it's sort of like when you meet the right person and then you do almost become this one entity together and that's in a good way, you love it and you're having fun together. In a way, that is the yin-yang that the Taoists were talking about as well. Right? Right. So if you're always running around loose all the time and feeling jealous and weird or competitive and insecure and stuff, you're only half a yang. You know what I mean? You haven't completed the full yin-yang of the life cycle yet. That's why it feels a little empty. Sure. <laughs> Not a huge laugh, but... <laughs> Where are those fish For the people at home, everyone here is nodding deeply. <laughs> yeah, they're all making out with each other. It's a weird orgy. No one gives a shit about anything I just said. That guy's licking that guy, and she's licking his thing. In fairness, in fairness, people have been quietly speed dating this entire time. <laughs> and they're all like, I gotta go, you're not the one, I know that for real. This, um, 
<laughs> no bells, just little buzzers going off inside their pockets. But I do have to say that and maybe it is the uh, Red Ro- Racer. Is this Calgary beer? Red Racer? Where's it from? I think it's from India. BC? India Pale Ale. No, they just say that. All right. I think it's from Pale Land. <laughs> um, okay, BC, we're sponsored. I'm just going to say BC Red Racer. That's what I'm drinking. Sponsor uh, this podcast, BC Red Racer. If anyone knows someone yeah. who knows someone who works at Red Racer, yeah. email Chris Locke. Hi, Chris Locke at Red Racer, probably? <laughs> You're asking if that's your email address? I'm already like insinuating I got the job at their company. <laughs> Chris Locke at Big Bucks from Red Razor, please.com? Yeah. Chris Rock. Chris Rock. Can I tell you guys something? Honestly, now that you guys are here, and um, maybe these guys will hear it on the podcast. When I do do shows in New York sometimes, which is where Chris Rock jumps on stage pretty much every now and then to work on stuff. So sometimes when I'm doing the show, they go, Chris Locke, everybody. And the audience goes, And then when I get on stage, they go, ah. <laughs> it's true. That's happened. And I'm like, yeah, I know. I agree with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So there you go. That mistake does happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anything else? Any final thoughts for your utopian world? Do you want to wrap up here before we go? Do our, where's our show? 7.30. The Grand Junction Theater. Guys Grand that are here live. 7.30. We're at the Grand Junction. And last night was sold out. It was amazing. So much fun. Both Mark and I are doing stand-up with Will Weldon and Bridget Everett, who's insane. And then uh, some local guys. We promise you that you have never seen anything like this Bridget Everett set. It's crazy. Can we say anything about it? Save it. <laughs> if you're listening at home, be warned. <laughs> Go to a Bridget Everett show. You will get your mind blown and... Maybe something else. Like maybe don't, maybe don't sit in the front row. Don't sit in the front row. If you're a shy man, don't yeah. sit in the front row. You, you will get wet if boobs can splash. You you will get borderline no, assault. You have to see. I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Basically, hey, if you're coming to the comedy show tonight, don't be one of those guys that calls the cops. All right. <laughs> don't be one of those guys who's like my turn. <laughs> Jeff De Silva's on the show too, local guy. Jeff yeah. De Silva. Okay, good. Yeah, and uh, it's going to be good. Seven thirty. So any that is tonight, and uh, yeah, last night was awesome. And any final thoughts about this amazing, incredible world that you've we've kind of built today? I mean, I don't know. You got the moon. We got the where moon. You hang out by yourself, Solitude City. You can invite people and bands if you want. Yeah. Um, where do you live there, by the way? Let's just wrap... Because you, you have a basketball net and you have a stadium for music. That's but do you have, like, a little tent or something? Like, just one little tent with a sleeping bag on the moon? Yeah, I've got, like, a floating bed. That'd be sick. Like a, like a, bre- a bed knobs and broomsticks style yeah. bed. So there is, like... Even if you had a monster under the bed, it's like, ugh, it always has to, like, walk, crawl to keep up with your bed because it's floating around. Yeah. And oh it always, God, like... Guys, that's amazing. Come on. <laughs> It pops up occasionally. He's like, you need anything? <laughs> Stop floating away, please. I'm tired, too. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay, so you got your moon. Mark Moon. Mark you Moon. You got Full Cat the Planet. Full Cat the Planet. Everybody's nice. The government's nice. Yep. Uh, there's horse, horse cops. cops with, with our horses. <laughs> the only people with... who feel pain are half men, half flicks. <laughs> yeah, when you blow them, they're like, doo-doo-doo. Ah. But they get it. You can go to the sun for a vacation and it doesn't burn you to death. It doesn't burn you to death. You can go to unknown galaxies. You're, in fact, your dad's probably there right now with his dog. Yep. 
You can go to unknown galaxies? Yeah. Oh, we didn't say that, I don't think. You can do that. Okay. You can do it on your bed. You can float <laughs> on your bed to wherever you want. So maybe the beds are the, everybody's transport here in this universe? Yep. You can mm-hmm. die and just see what that's like and then come back. <laughs> you can die as a different race, too, if you want. Yeah. You can go to, you can go to Black Heaven. <laughs> what are we doing? And then come back and be like, whoa, man, it's wicked. It's so much cooler up there. Yeah. Uh, Hendrix is really at this one. Yeah. Like, uh, everyone knows how to do everything the same way that, like, you, like, some people are better at some things, but, like, everyone's cool with it. Yeah. You know? you no can, jealousy. No jealousy and no condescension. Right. It's like, if you're not that good at math, people who are good at math aren't going to be like, come on. Yeah. They're just going to be like, hey, now I can be good. <laughs> yeah. Now let me help you. I appreciate that you're good at this. Yeah. And uh, you can float around, and, uh, and it's, all, it's all good. Yeah. Now yeah. to surf is still popular. Not a, like pun intended too. Like, no, there's no such thing as like one hit wonder is not a stigma in my utopia. Right. Everyone's like, cool, a one hit wonder. Yeah. Thanks so much for making that hit. Yeah. Everyone's so appreciative of all art that gets made. Nice. Even the bad art, they're like, Have oh. you seen Jim Carrey's paintings? Yeah. Everyone is very appreciative of those. They're like, cool, you got John Mayer to soundtrack this video. I like that. Yeah. Are they? Just, are you sure they're not being passive? Oh, cool! Very nice painting, Jim Carrey. No, the they're, mask. They're being catty, and Jim knows that, but he's cool with that yeah, too. Full cat. Jim Carrey never, but simultaneously, Jim Carrey never stopped being him. You know, right? He like made the number twenty three, but he also just kept making the goofy stuff. Yeah, because he didn't get self conscious about it, and Rivers didn't get self conscious about being Pinkertony. Yeah, and every artist who ever got self conscious about seeming like a little kid just kept it up. Yeah, in mind. Very beautiful, very nice place. It's a lovely place. Are you happy with that? I think so, and we're all in love. <laughs> and my, but, girl, my girlfriend never dies. <laughs> we're all in love, but like with our monogamous relationship. Unless she wants to, and then she gets to come back. Right, because she just tried it out. She came back and told you about it. She'd be like, Korean heaven is nuts. <laughs> yeah, mm, so much spicy beef. <laughs> Bulgogi. Yeah, well, I love that. Do you love that? I, I, it's real nice. I want to hear if uh, Captain Footnote has any last words. Captain Footnote, anything we missed? We didn't talk about Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> wow. Well, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> they do touch on that in uh, in the in the book Utopia. Who wrote that? John Locke. John Moore. John Moore. John Moore. Moore. Thomas, Thomas Moore. Moore, right, thank you. In my utopia, he knows that and we don't. He's disappointed cool. because he thought it was going to be real utopia to talk like to- Thomas Moore style. <laughs> Thomas Moore, you idiots. I've been watching this for an hour and this sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, true. Remember Tom- that part in Thomas Moore's Utopia where he's yeah. like, also Schwarzenegger movies. The weird thing about Thomas Moore's Utopia and all those other guys that tra- took a crack at it like back in those er- that era. Yeah. But there's slaves and servants everywhere. Yeah. Well, because... It's, yeah, you know. Yeah. It's a little bit of commentary there. There we go. We don't get to have it. Well, I'm really happy with this, and you are too. Yep. And your girlfriend lives forever, so that's always nice. And, uh, and Schwarzenegger never stopped making movies. Yeah. Okay, Predator's there, okay? Jeez. Yeah, yeah, Total Recall's forever. <laughs> <laughs> Total Recall's constantly playing in all of the sky. The sky is just Total Recall. <laughs> yes! You know, I love that. You guys love that? Did you have fun? Great. 
Thanks so much for uh, sticking around and coming to the first live Utopia to Me, and thanks, Sled Island, for having us. And, yeah, come see us at 7.30 soon to do the uh, stand-up show and see uh, Bridget Everett. And uh, thanks, Mark, for coming on. Thank you, Chris. And I'll see you soon. We're leaving now. Bye, everyone. Bye. So there we go. All right, everybody. That was Mark Little, and that was Alive in Calgary, Sled Island. A bit of insanity. I was, as you could tell, I was tired and drinking, and I was giggling like a maniac. But we had so much fun. Mark, thanks so much for coming on again. You're, it was, you were a pro. It was great. And guys, if you want to follow uh, Mark on Twitter, go at Mark Mark Little. So there's two marks at Mark Mark Little. Find out any more amazing projects he's working on. Uh, tons of stand up stuff coming up. If you love the podcast, at Utopia to Me. And if you love me, at Chris Lock Fun, I have lots of stand-up coming up all the time and other projects too. And Evan Wilson, another be- uh, huge shout-out and hello to you. You are uh, uh, so kind for having us out there and putting us up and giving us all these fun shows. So thanks again for having us and the Good Luck Bar in Calgary as well. That's all I'm going to say for now because it's Canada Day. i got to get out there and run around and uh, shoot fireworks, fireworks into the sky. And also, I'm doing my Fossington Canada Day special comedy show in Toronto. I don't know if you'll hear this today. Probably not. But always come to the Fossington at the Ossington. First Wednesday of every month. See a bunch of stand-up. You guys are great. Enjoy yourselves. Uh, enjoy the planet wisely. Uh, keep uh, kissing uh, everybody and uh, looking to the stars. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. Thank you.